0: this is john mills well and this is josh mills well
1: oh my goodness you're back in the house
0: yeah so welcome back to another episode of acquired tastings we are all happy to have you back with us i'm happy to be back as well for and i came in at a perfect time i came in right here on a cocktail week
1: oh yeah cocktail weeks are fun
0: they are fun and dad what is our kind of theme for the cocktails this week
1: Well, it's called Event Cocktails. And as you know, if you go to the Kentucky Derby, there is a special drink, the Mint Julep at the Kentucky Derby. And uh, David Timberlake and I talked last week, and I I Googled around and I couldn't find anything. But like the Arkansas Derby, it should have its own cocktail. But I couldn't find one.
0: Do they actually serve? cocktails at oakland or they just do beer and wine
1: yeah yeah.
0: we'll we'll work on that (laughs) listeners but what
1: we're doing is we're doing event cocktails and i'm doing the pims number one cup pims cup is commonly referred to
0: and what is the event that the pink cups that is the
1: wimbledon and i brought some snacks and i got to do a real big shout out for nancy keith Nancy made some cucumber sandwiches. She made date nut cream cheese sandwiches. These are to die for in my book. And then I did some strawberries with heavy cream. And the reason I did that is I saw that at Wimbledon. And I'll explain later why we did, I had Nancy do the date
0: nut cream cheese sandwiches. And what
1: cocktail are you doing, Josh?
0: So I'm doing the honey deuce, which is the cocktail of the US Open, which is the US Open tennis tournament. And but I kind of switched it up a little bit and I'm calling it the love deuce because I took out the honey part of the <laughs> of the cocktail. So the honey melon? <laughs> I, I took out the honey part. So I'm gonna call it the love deuce, which fits with the tennis theme as well. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So when we get started here, I wanna talk about, you know, Nancy. Nancy kind of turned me on to the Pimm's Cup, and I was already thinking about us doing event cocktails, and she had a great, great story about when she first encountered the Pimm's Cup. Now, Nancy is a little bit older than I am, but we're not going to go there, but what she said was in her early 20s, she was married to an ensign in the Navy. And what they were doing is they were working with NATO uh, and they were on the USS Strickle DD-888. I don't know what all those numbers really mean, but at one point she told me it's a destroyer. Now, I know what a destroyer is. So, they were going back and forth and Nancy had a friend that was also a wife to one of the ensigns or somebody on the ship. And they had the, the Farmer's Europe $5 a day, and they had the European rail pass. And what they were doing is they were trying to catch up with where the Navy was by going on the rail and meeting them. Well, it was a difficult situation because the ship went to Bergen, Norway. It went to Aarhus, Denmark. It went to Susval, Sweden. It went to Thurso, Scotland, and Naples, Italy. So,
0: that's all over the Europe. Yeah. Luckily, a lot of it was centralized, though.
1: Yeah, it is. And she She showed me a, a, a map of the different places. And then later, they were supposed to go to Athens, Greece. But that really didn't work out. So, back to the Pims Cup. She and her friend met up with the Navy at thurso a small isolated town in the northern coast of scotland this was on july the 16th and that was 55 years ago what yesterday 55 years ago yesterday and she and her husband and all these other guests were at a lawn party for the Navy had been put on and it was at an old estate out in the countryside and her comment was that the house was like a museum hmm. well this is where she encountered the Pim's Cup according to her journal there was a uh, mistress according to her journal and there was a redhead from New York with well, the lord of the manor and the young redheaded son wore their kilts. Of course. I mean, we're Scotland.
0: Yeah, of course. It's formal. It was probably a formal setting, and that was, that's what you wear.
1: Well, they served tall, cold glasses of Pimp Cup number 1, along with this date nut bread with cream cheese. Made the sandwich. So that's why I asked her to make those, and like a week or so ago she invited us over to her house and we had Pim's cup. That was the first time I ever had a Pim's cup. And I think they're really good. Yeah. Now you you folks that look on Instagram, you'll see the picture and the picture of the Pim's cup is loaded with fruit. And that's one of the things you do. Because the Pim's cup itself, the liqueur, is a Gin liqueur—it's actually a fruit cup. Mm. So, you know what fruit cups are, Josh?
0: I mean, I have an idea of what a fruit cup is. Okay. What's your idea? A cup of fruit.
1: Well, it's yeah. <laughs> well, what happened? Like, what,
0: <laughs> what James Pym
1: apparently did was he took gin and he added herbs and fruit and he made this official fruit cup. Okay. And he started that in the 1800s. So it's been around a long time. And this, uh, this story that Nancy was telling was in 1967. So that was, 50, as she said, it was 55 years ago. Well, we went over to her house, and I helped her make the Pims Cup. And really, it's Pims number one. And I want to iterate, it's number one. Pimm's number one, and I'll go into why I'm saying that so distinctly. And then you add whatever fruit you want to add. Typically, they add lemon and lemonade, strawberries, basil. I put a piece of the top of a mint on it, and I gave it that little slap. Mm -hmm. Because you bartenders out there, David, Randy, all you bartenders know if you do that, that gets those oils of the mint, or you can do that with basil and get those oils going. And when you take your little sip, you're really, it's effervescing into the into your nostrils there.
0: Have you tried it, Josh? Um, I just took a sip of it because I wasn't sure if we were going to start with it or not. Yeah. Um, but it's really light. It's refreshing. And so it's basically Pim's fruit and sparkling lemonade. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Both of our cocktails use lemonade.
1: Well, I used a sparkling lemonade, and that's another shout-out to Nancy. She made a lemonade simple syrup for me to use, and it's a four-to-one mixture. So, one part of her simple syrup to four parts of this sparkling lemonade. And then I gave it a splash of ginger ale to kind of give it another little flavor. Mm -hmm. Now, you can use... Straight water
0: isn't a lot of the time. Like the traditional way to do it is just with club soda.
1: Yes, you can. And I was going there. You can use Seven Up or club soda, and so it's kind of how you like it. Yeah. So that's the that's that part of the story. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bite, and maybe you can talk about what you tasted.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I've had the I've had a couple sips of the Pimm's cup. You're right. The the mint is very floral, very fragrant as you're drinking it. And it's really light. It's easy to drink. I kind of wish it had a little bit more sparkle to it. I wish it had a little bit more effervescence. Okay. That's just a personal thing. And it tastes really good. It's lemony. It's fruity. You can't really tell that it's gin. That it's a gin base. Mm-hmm. Or the Pimm's is is gin based. It's just a nice, easy hot weather cocktail. So I can just see out there
1: on the lawn they were probably playing a little croquet. Probably. Maybe, you know, maybe a bouncing ball red-headed guy and his dad are walking around in their kilt. The Navy guys are in their, probably their formal wear.
0: Probably and, wearing
1: their whites. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's right. That's the formal. And then you're, you're just kind of holding this drink, and it's got lots of ice in it, so it's nice and cool. And like you said, you can just sip this because, and you always get on to me about doing the math. I didn't do the math, but I'll tell you this much. <laughs> the the PIMS number one is 25 ABV. It is very, very, this is a low alcohol cocktail. And so this is probably about five. Because I'm guessing it's really close to five because PIMS number one, which this is, they also, you can purchase a fortified lemonade, and I'm sure you can only get it in the UK. Maybe, uh, Maybe other places, but probably not here. Okay. And it's a fortified lemonade and it comes in, and it comes in 250 milliliter cans or one liter bottles. And it says here it's at 5.4%. Yeah. So that's about what we're talking about.
0: Okay. Oh, so you're saying there's a canned version of a Pimm's cup. This fortified one that
1: has the Pimm's and the lemonade.
0: Yeah. So it's a a canned cocktail. Right. Okay. That's at 5%. I'd like to find it because that's pretty cool. Who? What company is it? Pims that puts it's it It's Pims. Up? Yeah, yeah. They probably don't sell it here. They probably don't. But so I see that you have cucumber in yours as well. Well, and
1: that's one of the that's one of the things that. So you go on the internet and you get all kinds of different formulas for how to make it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of them strictly say mint. Some of them say. The cucumber. Some of them say, I watched a video. Now, New Orleans is, is big on cup, which I didn't realize. Of course, the Sazerac is the number one drink in New Orleans. Yeah. But they mustn't. You know, New Orleans gets really hot, and this is such a cool, refreshing drink. I'm sure they sell a lot of it.
0: Kind of interesting, though, with, you know, having French history, the French settlement history, that they would have an English an English drink is one of their, it's one of their big drinks. Well, yeah, but I I, think I agree with you. I think it may have just come out of, out of just being hot and a light, easy, easy style drink. I've never seen actually anybody drink pims by itself. It's always been in the pims cup.
1: Yeah, okay, but well, I think I think it could because it's you know, it's it's a fruit cup, so you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, have, have you tried any of the food?
0: I haven't yet. I've just been kind of sipping on the sipping on the cocktail. So you said there was a story about the date nut sandwich. And so tell us again about the sandwich and what's in your story. Well,
1: in her in her write up that she gave me in 1967, that's what they were serving at that party. That outdoor party had the date nut cream cheese sandwiches. And so for her that just is what you serve with it. Okay. Now, the cucumber sandwich is because you serve that because you put the cucumber in your pitcher with the PIMS and infuse those cucumber flavors and orange and lemon and basil and whatever else you want to put in there. It's One one recipe said apples. Oh, okay. And in fact, when we went over to her house the other day, she had apples cut up. And I said, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would, you know, I should have just to get, get the taste. And then another friend of ours came over and she goes, ooh, basil. Because you don't normally have a drink that has basil in it. And I, I like the mint, but there is basil in the pitcher to infuse that, that flavor. So there's a lot of flavors going on. And I'm sure you can tone it down to whatever you really like.
0: Yeah. And that's the kind of... So, I guess that would... You could say it's kind of a drawback with this cocktail. Is you can't really taste the spirit. But that's also a positive. Yeah. Of the cocktails, you can't... You're not tasting the spirit. And it's well, it's meant to be low alcohol, like you said.
1: It? And it's like you go to the Wimbledon, and you go get one of these. And you go up in the, in the stands, and you sip on that baby while you're watching the match. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you just go get another one.
0: Right. So, what's the history behind the numbers? You said there's something, because okay. this is a Pym's number one.
1: Okay. There is a Pym's number two. Not anymore. They phased it out. But it was based on Scott. Okay. So, James Pym had, you know, had this eureka about the gin and the Pym's. And that was first produced in 1823. Mm-hmm. So then in 1997, he started trying these others. I think that's right. And so number two is scotch. Okay. Phased out. Number three is brandy. Phased out, except they have a Pim's Winter Cup. Okay. So it's like their special winter cup. Uses the number three, but you can't just go buy a bottle of number three. No, it's phased out. Number four, phased out. It's the, it was rum. Number five, you'd love this one. Rye whiskey.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Phased out. Number six, you could still buy it somewhere. Not here, probably. But it's vodka, so it's still produced. So that's what they've done. Um, This says, too, that you can get PIMS number one can be sold with additional strawberry or blackberry or elderflower. So maybe there's, you know, different versions of number one. So I found that quite interesting that they had so many that they tried. Yeah. You know, he had a gold mine with number
0: one. <laughs> right. Well, and why not try it with the other thing? See if it could have worked with the other ones. Now, did it say when some of those were phased out? They, it no, while, I don't or? see
1: a date on when they were phased out, but they must not have, you know, they just must not have really taken on.
0: Yeah. They may have been more costly pro- to produce than except, I mean, the vodka, definitely not, but the rest of them may have been too too expensive to man. I really like this drink for what it costs. It's a nice drink. Yeah, it is, and it's you know, like you said, it's really flexible. You can kind of do whatever fruit that you want. If you wanted to do melons, you could t- you could put do melon balls in there to infuse into it. So it's a it's an interesting cocktail. What what about the why is it the the drink of Wimbledon? Do you did you find any story well, about wh- how it how it happened? Um, Josh, I really didn't think about that. That's fine. That's, that's totally fine. what do you think of the the sandwiches with it? You know, I like those sandwiches.
1: Um, uh, so the, I like, and this is, you know, again, we say it a lot of times, it's acquired taste with a
0: cucumber sandwich.
1: Yeah. I think I served these once before on the podcast for some reason.
0: I think you did it when when we had gin,
1: yeah, it probably was. That sounds right, so you know, and then how to make a pims cup for Wimbledon what and I did this last night, and I told you there are other recipes, and the New Orleans pims cup. I watched the video. they build it in the glass, okay, yeah. So they start putting fruit down in the bottom of the glass. They put in their ounce and a quarter, ounce and a half, two ounces, whatever they they decide they're going to do of the PIMS in the bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then they fill the glass with ice. Okay. They mull it a little bit in the glass.
0: They muddle, muddle, muddle it? Muddle
1: it, muddle it with that fruit and then the alcohol itself to get those flavors kind of mixing. Okay. And then they add the lemonade and whatever else they're going to add, the 7-up or what, you know, to make it sparkling. So that's a, a completely new way to do it. But to me that was it wasn't more complicated, but you had to know you had to know your size you know, you gotta know your size of glass, because it would be very easy to put too much alcohol, or too much of the, of the Seven Up, or too much of the fruit. Right. You know, you start thinking, oh, I need an orange in there, and oh, I need a, I need some lemon in there, oh, I need some basil, and, oh, I need this, and I need that, and your glass is half full of fruit.
0: Well, I mean, that's not that's not a bad thing. Of course,
1: so I, I my, mean, your pitcher's is half full <laughs> yeah. of
0: of stuff too, so. You know, it's kind of a way to do it. Now, when you made that picture, what were your proportions? How did you build that?
1: Okay, so as far as the fruit, it's about a half orange. And then I thin sliced. The English cucumber, Josh, is about a foot long. Yep. And about maybe an inch around. Okay. So (laughs) I'm afraid I was going to cut myself, but I'm using the planer. On our grater to grate about four to five inches of of the cucumber. Okay. Okay, that's what. And then um, a healthy amount of basil. And we went out there and, you know, picked leaves. Okay, healthy amount. And then, I don't know, about five strawberries. Okay. These are smaller. These aren't the Arkansas size. The smaller ones. And then put the pims in there, and I made enough for
0: six. <laughs> so, so how much pims did you put in?
1: I put in seven ounces of pims. Okay, so that's enough for like an four, hour, four to five drinks.
0: Oh, I thought you just said you made it for seven.
1: I made it for I made set. I messed up. I made seven ounces of pims, which would be enough for four drinks.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. No, I think this is a fun, this is a fun cocktail. It's a great, you know, it's a great party cocktail too. You know, you could just have like a bunch of kind of do it like you would do like a Bloody Mary bar. Yeah. You could have, you know, the picture of chilled pims with the, with the lemonade in it and even you could just leave it alone and then you could let people build their own, Mm-hmm. fruit profile mm-hmm. or herb profile in it so that, I think it's, it's, a, it's a cool it's a cool little thing
1: you were asking why why I think that's what you said why is Pims the Wimbledon drink the Pims cup yeah I never really found that but clearly it's a hit I know they drink a lot of g and I say they you know in London That's where the Wimbledon is. And what it says here, the catering staff at Wimbledon serve an average of 300,000 PIMS cup at the championships each each summer. So,
0: it's a hit. I mean, that's a lot of PIMS. I wonder what their um, their average attendance every year is. (laughs) Interesting to see how many people are having multiple cups. (laughs) Well... I probably would, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because it's hot. Wimbledon's usually it's kind of it's usually hot for London, a lot of the times. Also, where it's not really rainy or anything like that, usually. So, so another another fun fact
1: is uh, our friend Becky, who has been on the show, and likes mint juleps. She likes pimms and when she I didn't get exactly when this was. I think it was about 2018. She lived in London. She would walk through Hyde Park, and there'd be Pim's Cup stands where you just, you know, stop and pick one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, that's it's it's definitely a good drink. Yep. Trying the strawberries. And uh, I made whipping cream, but I didn't put any sugar in it. <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully the strawberries are still sweet enough that they'll be. Oh, yeah, they are. It'll be good. Oh, yeah. So, the Pimm's Cup
1: in New Orleans, the recipe is fill a tall glass with ice, add an ounce and a quarter of Pimm's number one, three ounces of lemonade, then top up with seven up. Garnish with a cucumber. Oh. So, that's uh, New Orleans style. Okay. So that cucumber is serious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only part of the cocktail that I'm really not a huge fan of is the is the cucumber. But I know it's very traditional. So
1: you know it's it's popular in New Orleans because it's it's hot and it's low in alcohol. So you know you can that's one of your lighter drinks that you can just uh, sip sip as you go.
0: Yeah, you can have twelve to fourteen of them in a day.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> it's about, you know, it's about the alcohol content of a
0: low-level beer. Yep. Well, anything else about the cocktail before we try the other one? I think I, I
1: said pretty much everything. I, I mean, Pim's Cup number four was invented after World War II. And then followed with Pim's 5 and then Pim's 6 in the 60s. I said 1997 and I got that wrong, so that's why I was clarifying it. But uh, Jim Pim is the inventor of it. So I don't I don't know if the guy is still alive or not. It's a darn good drink.
0: Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and switch over to the other cocktail on the table. And um, this is the Honey deuce. Once again, the honeydew is the signature cocktail for the U.S. Open tennis tournament, which happens every year in September in Flushing Meadows, New York. Right. It's the, uh, so for those of you, you know, if you're, you're really interested in this, Wimbledon, Dad kind of mentioned how Wimbledon's out on the lawn. That's because it's played on grass courts. Actually, the court is. The tennis court is grass. And Mm -hmm. the U.S. Open is a, that they call a hard surface. So it's just like the tennis court, a lot of the tennis courts you see here all over the U.S. It's where it's like kind of painted asphalt. So it's hot, you know, it's still kind of hot in New York in September. And plus you have all these hard courts, which makes it even hotter. And back in the early 2000s, Grey Goose Vodka started to be a sponsor. Of the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. and to ingratiate themselves into this new sponsorship, they partnered with a a successful bartender and restaurant owner, Nick Matui, who's the managing partner for the Gramercy Ta- Gramercy Tavern. Um, if you're into food, you will probably know have heard the name gramercy tavern it's one of the one of the big restaurants out there in in new york and they worked together to come up with this cocktail and you know they they tried stuff with like rosemary syrup and muddled lemons and then they just had the idea of while walking through the Um, market one day, they saw these Honeydew Melon Ball. Right. And he goes, oh my gosh, those look just like tennis balls. Green ones. (laughs) Yeah, they look just like tennis balls because Honeydew is a green melon and he's like, oh my gosh, there it is. That was where he kind of came up with the idea and to keep it simple you know, it's, it's, this cocktail is vodka, lemonade and raspberry liqueur. And then it's garnished with the frozen tennis balls. Or excuse me, the frozen melon balls. And so they just kind of decided that it would be a, a great drink. And once they started selling it, it was just took off like wildfire. Mm. And I think what they say. You know, now they, in the last four years, in this article, so this was between 2015 and 2019. They've gone through 37,000 bottles of Grey Goose. Okay. At the U.S. Open.
1: 37,000 bottles.
0: At an ounce and a quarter per drink.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math and I can't.
0: Well, 37 times 26 with three zeros on the end. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's quite, a, it's quite a few cocktails. Right. And they said 88% of the increase once they started doing this, honey to, this honeydew within the last those years. it's how much it's increased. Well, popularity.
1: what I understand is that they use the melon baller and freeze the melon balls on a skewer so that when it comes out, you've got the drink with three small frozen honeydew melon balls. And so you go up back up there in the stands, I assume. Mm-hmm. And it's hundred degrees or more. If you're close to the court, might be hundred and twenty. But you got this fro you got this drink with ice. hmm And you got those frozen honeydew balls. Yep. So that would make sense to me as to why to go get it. <laughs> to <laughs> have that nice cold frozen I like honeydew, you don't. But it's just the idea of. I got this little honeydew ball to suck on. It's frozen, you know.
0: I'm yeah, cool, I would just I'll go
1: cool down on it.
0: I would just go get it for the cold, <laughs> for the cold drink oh. aspect of it. Okay, but now the, this is a lot more art than my drink. Yeah, and it's that it's that shambord. Now we did use um, dad's board, which he had, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Has a a little bit more of an earthy raspberry taste mm-hmm. to it, and it's a little bit darker in color. So that's why, you know, if you look up this drink, you may see like bright pink kind of versions of it. But ours is a little bit, a little bit darker because we use, I use, you know, really good lemonade, and this older Chambord, which is just a little bit darker. Well, that's okay. But what do you think so far? I like it.
1: It's tart, and and one of the things you can do with the Pimm's Cup, and this is something that Nancy was talking about, is she made this lemon syrup, simple syrup, and she said it's one use it one to four, but you could have used it one to one, and you would have got lemonade tartness, as opposed to the didn't really get sweetness making it one to four. But you see where I'm headed? I mean if you got something that's really tart and that's what you want, you could adjust this Pim's cup to do that. Right. You can make it more tart, you could pull back on it. You can pull back on the on the
0: on the sweetness. Yeah, on the simple. And it also just depends on what type of lemonade you use. Like this The lemonade is it's simply lemonade and there's not a whole lot of sugar. Added to it, right, you know, well, there is well, there is quite a bit of sugar added to it, just because all it is is you know lemon juice is super tart, mm-hmm. but it is not as sweet as other lemonades, right, which are out there, which is what's contributing to the tartness
1: now, mom has been and she looked for', them, I think, and Jean has been well. I don't know who else, Tina. But I know Jean has some U.S. Open glasses. They're plastic, of course, that we could have used to be a little more authentic with our glassware. But she couldn't find hers. Jeans are—I know where his They're on his bar. But I don't think you served—you served it in a nice wine glass. And I think that's a good way to serve it. I served mine just in a glass tumbler. For the Pimm's cup, I saw it served two different ways. I saw it served in a rocks glass, or I saw it served like this one. Yeah, in fact, there's a picture of, of Prince Prince uh, Prince Philip. Anyway, he's holding he's holding the the rocks glass, and it's a Pimm's cup. So it's a famous drink from that standpoint. This one is too. I just don't have. I don't have any pictures of it, but I assume when Joanne came home with a plastic cup that said u s open that's probably what was in it
0: <laughs> yeah it's just a it's just a probably a standard plastic cup that they have because you don't want to serve like at, at big events like that you don't want glass because you don't want if it breaks and it's a safety issue and it's a lot less right expensive to use plastic exactly so when I made this. What I did was, it was one, three, six in the part. Okay. So one part raspberry liqueur. Okay. Three parts vodka, and then six parts lemonade. Okay. Shake it, strain it. They say to put it on crushed ice, but we didn't have crushed ice. So we just used some regular, regular old ice cube. But rather than using gray goose, One thing I wanted to do was I wanted to give a shout out to a new local distillery that we have. Yeah? It's not, well, it's an Arkansas distillery. It's not local. It's about, it comes from about three hours away from us. And it's a company called Delta Dirt. I don't know them. Delta Dirt Distilling down in Helena. Well, I thought you were going to the one in Hot Springs. No, I don't even know what that one is. Okay. So Delta Dirt Distilling, they are a African American owned company. Mm. They use local grain and sweet potato in their distillates. They have a vodka, they're working on a gin, I believe they're working on the gin and they're also working on a whiskey. Oh, so, okay. It's super exciting to do that because they are they use their own produce and their own grain that come from Helena. Now, Helena is a part of Arkansas that, you know, has been um, neglected recently. You know, it all comes from the Delta, where we call it, in Arkansas we call it the Delta, which is kind of the south the southeastern part of the state where the Mississippi where the Arkansas kind of runs into the Mississippi River and you have some of that Miss, Mississippi River Delta area that grows down there. It's been known for farming. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's also a very poor area, a very low income area. So I was very excited to kind of bring them in and use it. Cause I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to use their stuff, but I don't okay. drink a whole lot of vodka. Right. And I was very excited. You know, one of the things that they, that they talk about with their, with their company is they hope to quote, raise the spirits in the Delta. And, you know, for, that has a lot of different meanings because the Delta is a can be a rough place. You know, it's like we said, it's low income. It's um, you know, it's not a lot of access to a lot of exciting things like we have around here. So they're they're doing a great job. They've been around since 2017, but they've just recently made it up here to our market. So it's actually distributed now. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Um, so you you found it at our local liquor store. Um, I found it at a liquor store in town. Okay, but you can probably find it in, in any of them. Okay, and at the world in San Francisco, there's a World Spirits Competition, which is a one of the big big spirits competitions in honestly in the world, and they won double gold for their vodka. Oh. Which is huge. That is huge. It's huge. And that was actually this last, uh, this year, they actually won it. So, really exciting to kind of bring these, bring these stories about. So, if you're looking for, if you're in Arkansas and you're looking for a Arkansas African-American-led company, which is doing great stuff, it's this Delta Dirt. And I think it goes really, really well in this cocktail. Have you had it before, Josh? No, I have. Cocktail or the vodka? The vodka. No, I have not. This is my, like I said, this is my excuse to buy this bottle.
1: Okay. Well, I'm saw. looking. I'm looking at a uh, where to buy map of Arkansas, and it's just covered. I mean, they're distributing all over Arkansas. Yeah, I think they got picked up by a local distributor
0: within okay. the last about okay. six
1: months. Yeah. And of course, I'm I'm saying. Lots of locations, and that probably means it's uh, in
0: every wet county. <laughs> I am sure it's distributed. <laughs> well, and that's one thing, you know, I've kind of noticed is, you know, we like, we're still very much in a, if it's local, we like to try it mode uh-huh. in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. And being a black owned distillery, it's the first, it's honestly the first black owned distillery in Arkansas. Okay. And, yeah. They're they're purposely they purposely chose the delta and uh-huh. being being in Helena, and it's interesting that they use sweet potato. Yeah, like I've never most seen that. <laughs> most vodkas aren't sweet potato. They're actually either potato yeah, or potato. grain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting, you know, that they took something that they had and mm-hmm. had an abundance, and were able to turn their old field. You know, into into something that is now. I think it's going to be a great thing for a long time. I'm really excited when they get a whiskey out. Mm-hmm. When they get a whiskey out, they don't have one out yet, but it says coming soon. And you know, whiskey takes a while to do, and they're doing a bourbon. So I think it's going to be really interesting if they put sweet potato in their mash for their bourbon. That'd be which is possible. Yeah. And the gin, the gin is available as well. I have actually never seen it in a store, mm. uh, but I also haven't been, I also don't look for it because, right. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's gin and it's not kind of my thing, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of bring light to this new, this new distillery here on the, here on the podcast. And hopefully, you know, those of you who drink more vodkas and gins and, than then dad or I do go out there and, and support right. them like yeah. crazy. Now, that's not to
1: say Rocktown is off our list, but, you know, this is... Try the new place, you know? one well,
0: Yeah. Rocktown's and got good ones, double too.
1: Go, this double gold on the sweet blend vodka is crazy. That's really good for the, you know, for them to start, like, in uh, 2017 and in 22, they get the double gold.
0: Yeah, and,
1: you know, I also... That's in San Francisco.
0: I also like them being... You know, farm to bottle. Mm-hmm. They run the farms mm-hmm. that they use to make um, to make this, and they're also reinvesting in their community in Helena. So they t- they take part of their proceeds and reinvest them in the place where they're living, trying mm-hmm. to like you like we've said, raise the spirits of the Delta.
1: Well, back in the day too, uh, Helena and West Helena was rockabilly. I mean, there was so much music down there.
0: Oh yeah. And there's uh, still I'd a, like
1: to see that come back, too.
0: Well, there's still a huge festival every year mm-hmm. for that. It's mm-hmm. called the King Biscuit Festival. Yeah. It, well, I don't, think, I don't think it happened. I don't think it happened two years. Well, I think it actually. Year. Yeah, I think it happened this year. Um, but it's the, the King Biscuit, uh, the King Biscuit um, Blues Festival. Mm, okay. It happens every year. And it's, you know, there's. <laughs> I think it's actually still a company. Okay. King Biscuit Flower. I think, it's I, don't a, know. I think it's still a company, but it used to be one of the major mm-hmm. biscuit brands of flour that you could buy across the United States.
1: So I tried your drink, the, you called it the Love Deuce, with uh, the date nut bread, date nut cream cheese sandwich. And it's pretty pretty lights out. I mean, it, I know we're not doing pairings, we're not doing best on plate, but the tartness of this one compared to the sweetness of mine. Oh, wow, that date nut bread! Wow, I mean that's really so good.
0: Yeah, is yeah. there a citrus on in that um, cream cheese, or is there citrus in the bread, the date nut bread? Do you know? I don't know, Josh.
1: Okay, don't know, but there's definitely citrus in in the. Uh, drink that i made i mean you see it all there um and then i think i think the Pim's cup itself has citrus
0: right but i'm tasting but I'm, it when i just bite the sandwich i think <laughs> there's got
1: to be you know
0: something in there because i taste it too okay because i'm tasting like orange mm. in it but this is a good cocktail i think it's very easily that you could picture you could do a picture of this cocktail or big big punch bowl of it mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's not as light on the alcohol as yours but it's still it's still but it's a light cocktail comparatively to
1: you know a manhattan or something like that
0: well yeah cuz it
1: actually has other things besides alcohol <laughs> right <laughs> but so what's the abv of that vodka it's 43
0: it's yeah. 86 proof so
1: that that drink's probably here. Here, dad here goes, goes the math. Here goes the math. I don't know what it is, but it's uh, you know, probably fifteen or.
0: I don't know. I don't really care either.
1: <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely not as light as as the Pims
0: Cup. Correct.
1: But like we said, it's much lighter than you know all alcohol.
0: Right. So these are two good drinks. Yeah, I'm really kind of. Blown away by the by the simplicity and how mm-hmm. good these are for hot weather, good hot weather cocktails. Another thing about
1: my drink, I'll say my drink, the Pimm's cup. Some people refer to it as summer in a glass. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if you build it in that glass. Another thing that it referred to was a gin sangria. Cause you got all this fruit, just like when you make a wine fruit sangria. You could say, "Oh, that, that's my gin sangria." Okay. So uh, these are these are really good drinks. They sure are. Now, there's the garnish that we should have had was the honeydews. Okay, but if you were going to put a garnish on there that we were going to eat, not just for show. What might it be? Raspberry.
0: Yeah, because you got the shambord there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just use some raspberries, or even the strawberry. That would no. I would not use. I would not use strawberry because strawberry is not in this drink. Yeah. Okay. You use the raspberry. I would use raspberry. Right. That and you could sense. do frozen raspberries. Yeah. There you go. Or if you wanted a, something green and you wanted something frozen, I would do just green frozen grapes, but. Once again, it doesn't add anything to the cocktail. No. no. So, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> As we know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm not really a fan of, of doing that with cocktail. Okay. That's what else of, you got on this drink? I do not. Have, I don't have anything else in this drink. Besides that it's good. And if you're ever at the French Open or watch, or excuse me, at the U.S. Open and, or watching the U.S. Open, Give it a try.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing next week? I don't know. What
0: are we doing next week? It's a wine week.
1: Well, we're coming up on two years, Josh. we got to do a two-year celebration, don't we?
0: We can do a two-year celebration, of course. I think that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. I'd like for us to do a little something live.
0: All right. So... Coming up here, I know while I was gone, we passed our actual second birthday mark where we've had, you know, the ac- actual 100 and what would that be? 104 actual episodes because we had our first little intro, our intro episode. So, what we're going to be doing is next week, we're going to just invite you guys into the process. We're going to be doing wines, which I'm super excited about, and we're going to be doing birthday wines. So, we're going to be picking wines that we would want to drink on our birthday, things we'd love to celebrate, things we'd bring to a birthday party or whatever. So, but as a special treat, like I said, we're going to be bringing you guys into the studio, I guess you could say. And I know anybody who's been on oh, an episode <laughs> is probably chuckling when I say a studio because it's really just the dining room. And so next Sunday, or this actually, when this comes out, this coming Sunday, We will be doing a live stream starting at about 2.30 on Instagram for just about 10 minutes where we're going to be. You guys get to see our process. You get to see what it looks like when we're actually doing a full recording and we'll be watching the comments. So if you want to say hello, if you want to talk about your favorite episodes, we're definitely going to reach out and see those as we're recording and you'll get to hear your name on the, on the episode next week. But also. If you would like to send us a voice memo, a little video about what you think we're doing or a happy birthday or whatever, definitely send those to us on social media. If you want to do it on Facebook, Instagram, go ahead for it. Or if you want to send it to us via email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com, we'd love to get those and we're going to play those during the episode. So as we're talking about the wines that we're doing, we'll stop and we're, all, we're going to go ahead and. We'll be playing some of that information for you guys and we'll, uh, we'll reach out to it. So it'll be, uh, it'll be it'll exciting. Be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'll, and it won't be just another here, are our favorite episode kind of thing. It's a little something special for you guys and to bring you into the process. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to that next week. And we hope that you guys join us on the live stream and next week on your episode. Remember, if you like what we're doing, give us a like, follow, on your favorite podcast platform. Share us with your friends. Like I said, we're out there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are out there. And if you just want to send us an email, we're acquired tastings at gmail.com. So I'm really looking forward to next week where I get to find out what it was that dad blinded that da- you blinded David, right? That's right. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what that is and just go ahead and have a little two year party.
1: It'll be fun.
0: Yep. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.